International Podcast Day is September 30th, and you can help spread the word. You may be asking, what can I do to get involved? It's pretty simple. Head over to internationalpodcastday.com and check the suggestions. Then use hashtag International Podcast Day to join the conversation. You can reach out and connect with other podcasters, listeners, and your favorite podcast hosts. Remember September 30th, International Podcast Day, a day-long celebration of the power of podcasts. Hello, hello. Hey. Hello, hello. How are you guys doing? You ready? Yep, I'm ready. All right. Hello and welcome to Next to Nothing, the show where we talk about how to waste your time and not your money in gaming. I am your host, Danny K. With me, filling in for the wonderful, beautiful renditions, I have the wonderful, beautiful Mr. Greenleaf. How are you doing, Mr. Greenleaf? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for filling in for Ren. Uh, Ren had to uh, take care of some personal things tonight, and uh, to make it easy and stress-free on him, uh, Mr. Greenleaf stepped in and was... Uh, yeah, I'm just happy that you're here, dude. And no uh, we have a very special guest this week. We weren't quite sure if we were going to be able to get because of um, Mother Nature. Uh, it is Jeff, a.k.a. Jay Queasy, from the Budget Arcade. How you doing, That's Jeff? That's right. Hey, I'm great. No hurricane here, so uh, <laughs> I'm doing real good. Nothing to complain about. That is fantastic. Cause yeah, we were like kind of like on the fence, like, oh, we're we gonna, you know, we're we gonna have the show with you or not. Do we need to get, you know, Greenlead is always wonderful and is like, hey, like if you guys ever need someone just to fill in, you know, guest falls through or something, have you here? But I'm super stoked to have you here. Um, why don't you go on ahead and tell the wonderful people, Jeff, all the cool stuff that you do? Yeah, uh, I, if you go to my Twitter bio, you'll see a pic. My banner is three podcast logos because I'm an idiot and I do three podcasts. Uh, the first one I do and the one that probably applies best to the listeners of Next to Nothing will be Budget Arcade. Uh, each week, Scott, Elliot, and myself, we play and review one free-to-play game each week. Um, so I think if you like Next to Nothing, it'll be this kind of right up your alley if you're into saving money. Uh, the other podcast I do is called Film Soliloquy. It's on a hiatus. We got about 10 episodes out. It's a movie review podcast where we swap movies. And then my latest venture is Neo Retro Video Game Disco, which is purely my brainchild and like my stupidity <laughs> in podcast form. Uh, I bring a, a guest on and um, we go over games that specifically are like uh, spiritual successors or harken back to classic games. So games like Shovel Knight, uh, you know, we did Stardew Valley's the episode that came out yesterday. And in my first episodes on Mutant Football League, which is based around Mutant League football. Mm. Awesome. Um, and uh, for people, I mean, that's like a lot of stuff to remember. I will for sure have all that in the description of the episode. Um, and uh, we'll talk about it again towards the end. Um, yeah. Budget Arcade, let me just say real quick, fantastic show. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let me that's just... A... I'll say, say, let me just gush yeah, a little bit. More. <laughs> uh, I think we connected on Twitter. I found you guys on Twitter before I found your podcast. Um, you guys are like in the same group or network as a friend of the show, uh, Taylor, um, who does oh, the yeah. Just Think. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, who we've had under his uh, pseudonym um, Wretched Wolf uh, when he was doing some gaming stuff. And uh, 
I'm like, oh, like another another podcast in the space. Hmm, we'll see how good they are. <laughs> and I was, I'm just like, oh no, these guys are actually really fun. Like, and I mean, you guys do the exclusive, almost exclusively, I should say, on free to play instead of just like cheap games, right? Um, and there's always room in the space for more than one because our yeah. taste. You run a very professional ship. Uh, getting me on oh. the show, letting me know it was, everything was very lined up, and I'm like, wow, I don't have to do anything. Whereas uh, Budget Arcade, we don't do any of that. We just show up and, and just see what happens, mm-hmm. and um, that's not true. Scott actually puts in a ton of work yeah. to get that show out, and he's put one out every Monday, which uh, anybody who's done a podcast knows that sometimes it's easy to let that episode slip each yeah. week, so... Um, is a reason I a lot of work in it. Yeah, there's a reason I don't edit the the show really. Outside yeah. of it's like once it goes out to Spotify, I add some music, maybe an ad for like our humble bundle affiliate, and I just push it out. Um, yeah. But it seriously, check it out, guys. Uh, we you've heard us talk about it on the show before, but this is a great time. Uh, if you like what you hear now, um, and then definitely and if go you check don't, them out. Yeah. there's other people. Elliot's pretty good. Scott's mm. great. You can. Yeah, uh, which is a thirty-second skip on me. <laughs> um, and we do have Elliot coming on the show in a couple weeks too. I think he's. Like It'll be better when he comes on. <laughs> he was uh, he was the guest on Neo Retro Video Game Disco yesterday, and it really easy to record with him. Mm-hmm. And you'll you guys are gonna have fun. Yeah, he's a he's a natural. Um, yeah. You might need to put like a parental warning on when he comes on, though. <laughs> Oh, um, I don't know if you've listened to Tess and Elliot argue his podcast, but <laughs> it's quite blue. It, um, yeah, we haven't, uh, I, I don't think this has ever been, um, a rated G show. So we don't, need yeah, to well, that. <laughs> there's rated R and then there's NC 17. So. True. Um, so I figure we'll start, uh, just talking about some games here. Um, and uh, this actually kind of lines up really well because next week you guys will be talking about this game on uh, Budget Arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, Pokemon Masters is a game that I've been kind of playing like a little bit uh, this week. And uh, I can explain why I'm saying kind of in a little bit here in a moment. But let me just kind of get what Pokemon Masters is uh, out of the way. So... Pokemon Masters is um, the new free-to-play game from Nintendo on uh, iOS and Android. Um, it, the Instead of choosing your team of Pokemon, you build teams of what they call sync pairs, or pair syncs, sync pairs, uh, which is a Pokemon character from the franchise, uh, you know, Elite Four, Gym Leaders, um heroes and villains uh in the game uh and they're mostly signature pokemon um of course some of like the heroes like brendan who was the protagonist male protagonist of uh, emerald ruby sapphire um has a trico that you know obviously that is not necessarily what you picked but that's the um you know character that you get or the pokemon that you get with that uh character uh, so you build a team of three using these sync pairs. You start out with your own character who, by default, um, gets Pikachu. You meet Misty and Brock, and then you start collecting these other uh, characters. Uh, the way you unlock these characters is by using like uh, 
gems to scout them out um, in kind of a loot box rig system. Um, the battle of the the main combat of the of the game is a three on three battle uh, where the Pokemon share like action points essentially that a replenishing action point where each move has like one or two action points and to uh, you know use those action points to comp- to do attacks um, there's also like after so many rounds uh, you can use a sync move which is basically like a Z move from Sun and Moon um, and so it's a it's a highly critical uh, move that does a lot of damage and uh, can give like buffs and debuffs uh, to Pokemon on the field uh, and that's really about it like you can level up you can get different items that will help level up um, past combat so you can you know you don't always have to like go and grind out combat you can get uh, I think they're called teaching teaching moves or not uh, teaching machines mm-hmm. um and there's some other items. I haven't really put that many that much time into it. I haven't put that many hours into it. I maybe have like two hours. Maybe. That's being extremely generous. Just being honest, I have just been bored by this game. Absolutely bored by it. It's not like... It, it, and I shouldn't be surprised because mobile games usually bore me. But it's not like Raid Shadow Legends where I had a compulsion where if I'm sitting on the on the toilet or I'm sitting on my couch watching TV, I didn't have that compulsion to open up this game like I did for Raid Shadow Legends. Um, I, I just haven't had that much enjoyment. I'm going to keep plugging away at it for like another <laughs> week or so to to see and I'll kind of give like a good final verdict afterwards. But there wasn't anything like really making me want to play this game. I already hate it. <laughs> yeah, well, the good news is that I get to play it all this week, so I'm really looking forward to playing this boring game that you hate. So. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sorry uh, to sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs> I have a personal reasons why I don't like it. Is it because there's thing. more than 150 Pokemon in yeah, here? Yeah, because there's more than 150 Pokemon. And then that whole intro video, it had a Brock spray uh, like using a potion on a uh, grass type Pokemon. What's, uh, what's wrong with that? Which would, which would me- make me lead to believe that he owns this grass type Pokemon. Oh, so uh, so each sync pair or each essentially character. I mean, you have you know the pairs are essentially one character. Um, they have a support item. So, like, Brock has a potion. I think the Pikachu that you have has a potion. Wow. Um, and then, like, when you start out with Misty, uh, she has, like, a special attack up. And so that, spread, that buff is spread along all of the characters, uh, all of your, all your allies. Um, <clears throat> it's about, like, the they try to make it look like it's about combos and stuff like that but i'm having a hard time really seeing a lot of the combos um right now at least maybe i had you know maybe there's more advanced strategies just like there is in you know any other you know mainstream pokemon game or a mainline pokemon game where there's a lot of strategy and metagaming to it but Mm -hmm. when you like in this first couple you know 
first bit of story. I got past the. Uh, let me double check and see, because I I got past the Flannery. Uh, for those who don't know the character names, she is the fire gym leader in the third gen games. I got past the Flannery uh, storyline, and I'm on to the Erica. Um, and that actually, I could probably lead into some other criticisms I have of just like the story mode. Mm-hmm. Um, my my first big thing with the story mode is it starts you off with it starts you off with a rock type, an electric type, and a water type, and that is very in very much the um, very much the first like round of story lends really well because you're you're fighting a lot of uh water types and some uh and like some fire types or whatever but it's like once you hit erica if you don't have a decent fire type except for flannery um you're kind of screwed because you're kind of you're fighting an uphill battle um and there's uh like some other issues with um type coverage i've been i've been kind of struggling with them like I'm like, well, I have this dark type move. I'm using because I, I got Karen with her Houndoom. Um, so he it knows bite. I'm like, I'm using bite on like the psychic type Pokemon that should be doing more damage than what it is. Um, and kind of the same thing where um, Tay, I think, or Tate, um, which is one of the psychic gym leaders from the third gen. Um, it's the it's the dual battle um, that you fight. It's a Soul Rock and a Lunatone are the two Pokemon in that uh, in that battle. So I have a Lunatone that knows Confusion. Well, I'm using Confusion on a po- uh, Poison type Pokemon. Like I know for sure that it's a Grass Poison Fusion or uh, uh, dual typing. I'm like, why am I not doing more damage to this Poison type when it's? So I don't know if all of the regular rules of Pokemon apply to this game. That's like another thing I'm kind of confused about. I'm like, I should be doing way more damage with confusion here, but I'm not. Um, also, there's a shirtless Brock in this game, which I'm not sure how I feel about shirtless Brock. Oh my. I'm on board. He, he dude, Brock with those abs, he's a rock type himself. Does he squint? I like that the whole time too. <laughs> um, yeah. No, well, I mean, <laughs> we can't get past the uh, squinting Brock, but okay, that's my new waifu p- pillow. <laughs> so, like overall, I I cannot really, I can't say I've really been enjoying this game. No, um, I'll say I'm kind of like you i think where i don't really enjoy mobile gaming that much with mm-hmm. a few exceptions uh, but i will say the game looks really great like mm-hmm. all the character models and the yeah. pokemon look like you would expect a, a modern pokemon game to look like yeah well and the animations are flashy too there's mm-hmm. like the the special sync moves they are flashy as hell um yeah but the character models and everything looks great um so uh elliot just said brock was shirtless in the original game it's lore fair enough i guess i didn't realize canon it's canon i guess i didn't realize that brock was shirtless in the original so he should be irate if he's fully clothed true uh (laughs) valid um 
so like yeah just like overall this game has just been boring to me it doesn't make me want to play it uh the monetization is very gotcha it's like you want to buy yeah. or you want to get all the characters you gonna ha- you either keep playing or you're gonna have to cough it up and it's slow going for gems it is slow and that's for gems i to me and i haven't really gotten and hidden a paywall that much yet but i'm mm. sure i will over the next week but that like the core thing about pokemon is collecting them yeah and if that's behind a paywall oh that hurts yeah yeah no that's a big problem with the with this game is i haven't hit the paywall yet mm-hmm. but i see it i see the paywall um I, which is kind of a problem to me where you can see the paywall early on um you know you're not you're not putting your you know you're not smashing into the paywall just yet but it's it's there um a, a lot of i mean the the quality of the game uh, the quality of the game looks good, it, but it's just missing anything that makes me want to play. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the, and that's the most important part. Right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the I mean, for mobile games, mobile games kind of need to rely on some sort of compulsion for me. Um, there's got to be something that makes me want to log in and play. Um, and if it's not there, then I'm not going to really stick to a mobile game really. And that's just me, you know, I, it could be somebody else, you know, this is just my opinion and this is just how I am. But if I, you know, if I feel more compulsion to play Minecraft on my, uh, <laughs> on my PC than I am to play Pokemon Masters on my phone, um, there might be something there. But uh, what other like, experiences have you had with it, uh, Jeff? Anything really at all? Uh, no, I got it. And so the battle system is actually kind of interesting, at least on the surface, mm-hmm. where you have three team, you've got yourself and then two teammates. And it's so all the battles are three on three and their weaknesses is showing. So it's a, a good strategy of which attacks you use and where. So it's not just, oh, I'm just spamming the same attack over and over. Uh, like some Pokemon games can be. So I mm. I think there's an, and I haven't put as much into it as you have, but I think there's a lot of opportunity for depth, uh, yeah. but I haven't spent enough time with it to hit a point where that has actually revealed itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you, cause you're, you're not really much into mobile games like me, but have you felt any compulsion to really turn this on and, and no. load into it? No, no, I, I well, so my son was like, oh, a new, my son loves the reason I play Pokemon mm. is because my son really likes it. And I wanted to have something that we could play together. And as opposed to trying to make him like what I like, I said, I'm going to get into what you like. And I really like playing the, the Pokemon games on D, uh, 3DS and everything. Mm. Um, so I told him there's a new one. And I got to, you know, of course, as a parent, I got to look through to make sure we're good mm-hmm. uh, with Pokemon. Most of the time, I feel pretty comfortable with that. Um, so I'm not hardcore about Pokemon. Like, I don't know who wears a shirt and who doesn't just in my day to day life. But, um, I, my initial impressions are actually really positive. It looks great. I kind of like the battle system. It's a little different than what I would expect from a Pokemon game. Mm -hmm. Uh, but again, once I start putting in an hour or two, it's hard for a game to grip me nowadays. And I don't have a lot of time two game I, I do a bunch of podcasts i got a kid i work and when i get home i want to play something that i can just jump right into 
and mm. play for 40 minutes to an hour and turn off. And so I really have to focus on trying to like a game in order to give it enough time to actually be able to thoroughly say whether I like it or not. And I just haven't been able to do that with Pokemon Masters yet. Mm. Uh, something real quick. Um, I think it's Scott that's running your uh, Twitch page right now. I uh, just mentioned in the chat, um, it's uh, three to one, but it's not three on three always. So and he's right here. So if there there are battles where if you knock some, uh, knock a Pokemon out, um, a new another Pokemon will come out. Um, mm-hmm. And those seem to be mostly the story mode uh, battles where it's just, you know, more challenge. Um, but that is something to, that, yeah, you they there are battles where it's like more of like a six on three situation. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet where you get another Pokemon in your roster or like on your on your sync pairs. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you do later on, but it seems like right now it's it's just you know you get your three sync pairs um otherwise i mean it's nice there, there's some voice acting and stuff so you can hear like some like barry and some other characters you can hear um and compare what you would have thought like what cynthia um sounded like i always thought cynthia sounded like a husky voiced badass in my mind uh-huh. uh before she sent out her uh lucario to actually or uh, her Lucario and her Goner Chop always fucked me up. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was also nice. And it is kind of nice to see these characters and uh, again and kind of interact with these characters. And I think that's the appeal. Um, I think this game appeals to, to veteran Pokemon players who, you know, have strong feelings uh, against Flannery or like I got Whitney and anyone who played the second gen games fucking hates Whitney that fucking mill tank man um, so you know I don't know of, anything about her but she sounds horrible she has she's a, not a nice lady she man she would fuck you up with that mill tank and roll out she was one of the hardest uh, at the level that she was at in the second gen games <laughs> Ren uh, who's in the chat right now said <laughs> Whitney can burn in a fire um, milk tank had such high hp yeah it, it was a beefy Dang pokemon it. and then it had a move where every t- it called rollout that every time it hit it did more damage so every successive hit it would do more and more damage so and if you didn't have any if you didn't have a fighting type pokemon or a ghost type pokemon to counter it mm-hmm. you were just screwed because miltank was a normal type so you're doing a lot of neutral damage to this thing that's just tanky it's like oh man i need to get you know you can get then as a as you kind of get better at Pokemon games and explore more and you see oh they actually left I'm a champ for me to trade here or I could go catch a pincer uh that started playing an ad how about we not play an ad in this uh (laughs) podcast huh furniture row come by couch <laughs> um so yeah the, like it was just a very tanky pokemon um so yeah i mean you have like these strong connections to these characters because they would piss you off or like um in, in emerald because like, you can meet steven in this game it's like an emerald you saw steven and um is it the Newford cage uh, cave i think so, and like you know you're always like chasing after steven until you finally you know get to the um, end of the Elite Four, and you have to fight Champion Steven and stuff. It's 
so that is a nice you know they really hit on those notes really well mm-hmm. um but it's just a shame that I can't seem to bring myself to play this game <laughs> for more than like five minutes. Um, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Anything else on, on uh, Pokemon Masters Green? Do you have any thoughts or questions or? I, uh, for me, just just the way that I'm seeing it, and I, I don't I don't really care for the whole three v three aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like Mario. It's just like Mario RPG. I didn't really like that setup either. Mm. Um, I honestly would just stay with my my emulator and play some uh, Pokemon Red. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Jeff, any other thoughts on on Pokemon Masters? You're really making me not look forward to this next week of playing it. But <laughs> I'm sorry. <you> know. <laughs> Yeah. It's gonna be fun. He'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Well, we'll move on to our next topic here, which we've had one. Which person... is gonna. Go ahead. Elliot and Scott are gonna kind of know where this is going, but go ahead. I uh, say so we've had one person talk about an auto chess game on the stream. We haven't really had that many people talk about auto chess at all. Um. Mm-hmm. Going ahead and uh, talk about auto chess for a bit here. Yeah, uh, so anyone who listens to Budget Arcade will not be surprised that this is the topic I chose. It's been sort of my obsession as of late. Uh, I've been playing a lot of auto chess, specifically on Android. And as someone who doesn't play a lot of mobile games and would actually say I dislike mobile games, uh, the fact that I have found something that I can so thoroughly invest my time in has been actually kind of refreshing. Uh, So there's three in particular that I play on mobile. Now, the most famous auto battler, auto chess game right now is Team Fight Tactics, which apparently is impossible to play right now because there's like a huge wait times to get into queue and all that. Um, but then there's Dota Underlords, which so just kind of a quick history of auto chess. It was initially a mod for Dota 2 and it used Dota 2's IP. So it had the characters that you would see in Dota 2. And um, it got pretty popular mod. So Dota decided to make their own. uh, Or or, excuse me, Valve decided to make their own. And uh, so they came out with Dota Underlords. At the same time, uh, the original designers of the mod created their own. But of course, they couldn't use the IP, Valve's IP. So they made just a game just called auto chess on android and uh iphone and i believe it is on pc now uh so we on budget arcade one of our episodes was on dota underlords right when it came out and i played it on mobile and i really enjoyed it had a lot of fun with it uh and about that time i noticed like the google play store because i'm an android user started filling up with these auto chess games and so i just started downloading all of the ones i could find and deleted the ones that were just out now not worth playing and i actually have three on my phone that i play pretty consistently now uh, one is the aptly named auto chess uh, by dragon nest and if you played the original mod this is as close as you can get it's even more close than the dota underlords one uh, so if you've never played auto chess before it is nothing really like chess other than that there is a uh, a grid a chessboard that you play your pieces on uh, so at the beginning of each round a store opens up with five uh five or six pieces that you can buy with uh money that you earn every round 
and then you place those pieces on your board and they battle it out. The best comparison I can say is if you remember Star Wars, the uh, episode four, where Chewie and uh, C-3PO are playing a little game of chess and the monsters are attacking each other. It's kind of like that. Um, and so there's a lot of strategy of leveling your characters by buying them in groups of three. They level up. There's equipment you can put on them. And then each... Um, each piece has at least one race and then uh then an alliance or a type like assassins hunters mm -hmm. warriors and stuff knights uh and as you pair them up on your board you get certain buffs so you kind of while you're picking your pieces and all that, you're getting synergies and you're battling against seven other people uh at the same time so you're in a, in a group or a lobby with eight total people yourself and seven more and you take turns battling each other one by one and you get eliminated as you take damage down to being the final winner uh and so that's pretty much the same throughout all auto chess games but i find that this the genre really works on mobile mm -hmm. uh it's perfect for when i'm in bed and i'm about to go to sleep off I'll play a game uh, or if I'm on my lunch break, I'll open it up and play a game, but I tend to bounce between three. Uh, one is the auto chess. Uh, the other one is called um, magic chess bang bang, which is horribly named, but it's pretty good. And <laughs> the last one's it's horrible. But, and then there's one called chess rush. Uh, and I just run down the three of them and kind of say, you know, if someone, and I believe they're all on iOS as well. Mm -hmm. If someone were wanting to, try them out like what i would suggest uh the the one with the most depth is auto chess it has items that you get and then as you get items you combine them and craft better items mm -hmm. so you have to strategize a lot do i save this item or do i go ahead and get the benefit now by putting it on my character or if i save it and maybe i can combine it later um to build towards a really high tier item that can actually turn the tide of the game in your favor um, the problem with auto chess is, is it's awful to look at. It does not look good. The character models are really simple. They're actually kind of stylized and cute in a way where that's not the real big problem. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the voice acting's awful, really <laughs> bad. And the backgrounds are static. It's literally a 2D image. Mm -hmm. And so when you unlock a board, to me, it's like, whip, big deal. I unlocked a JPEG. And, and then it just lays down on the back like if it weren't for that it would be perfect but mm. it, the gameplay is there and it's great but boy it lacks polish mm. uh, the flip side of that would be chess rush which has polish for days mm. it's gorgeous to look at all the boards are really heavily animated it's got incredible lighting like when you play it and you and you put your pieces on the board they look like they're there and the lighting is just perfect uh there's an announcer so when you're putting your pieces on the board when you get a pair this really baritone voice will like oh nice you know and it just mm -hmm. kind of adds a little punchiness to it it's really well done your character players like i have a cat that looks a lot like my real cat that is my player character mm -hmm. and it's got fur on it you know so they really took care of the um, the polish side, but the gameplay lacks a little bit in depth. Uh, it doesn't quite have the same depth with its items. It doesn't have as many pieces, uh, so there's not a lot of variance as to what kind of comps you can build. 
there still is a lot of variants, but not anywhere near like auto chess, which lets you experiment a little more where chess rush really just has a handful of, of good compositions. Uh, lastly is one that's kind of the sleeper uh, that I don't see anybody playing like on Twitch or anything. And that's chess bang, bang mm-hmm. magic, chess bang, bang, horrible name. Everything else about it is really good. Uh, it's got, the board is nice and 3d rendered. Uh, the camera actually, when your round starts, it zooms in on the action a little bit, mm. and you get a really good idea of what your characters are doing, and that's it really helps with knowing this character is really strong. I want to bump into this character, give them more items. It lets you easily shift your items between your um, your pieces, and all the characters look unique and different, and they're brightly colored, so it's really easy to kind of keep track of things. And... I would say that it's the game that actually got me addicted to auto chess mm-hmm. because I could actually tell what I was doing and what was benefiting my team and what was hurting it. Mm-hmm. Um, so of the three, like I would say, if you're going to play one, mm. I don't know. Like they're all really good, but if you're looking for depth, definitely go with chess, uh, auto chess. Uh, but if you actually want something that looks good, uh, the other two are, are, are great as well. Cool. I mean, would you put that like as like a, your unofficial ranking of, you know, three, two, one? Or like if I say one, two, and three. So I would. It's hard for me to rank which one I like the best, but I would say in the amount of time I've spent on it, I've definitely spent the most amount of time on Chess Rush, mm-hmm. uh, or not Chess Rush. Excuse me, Auto Chess, because it just has so much depth, and I find myself coming back to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'll play Chess Rush and I'll get frustrated because I'll see the same comp winning over and over and over again Mm. whereas when i play auto chess people are playing in different ways and they're improvising and winning just because they're playing smarter Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to just playing the one winning comp and getting the lucky draws Um, and the same actually goes for uh, magic chess bang bang the problem with that is the community is not as big it's really easy like if you're an experienced auto chess player i'm blowing through people as i'm ranked i'm up in master one or master two now and I'm still blowing through people. And um, I think that will, that's its biggest problem. Like the, the serious players end up moving on to like uh, team fight tactics or Dota or uh, auto chess. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the, t- what's the typical monetization behind all these games? Is it, is it a, you pay like for <laughs> gems kind of thing to get unlock characters or. Yeah. So all of them have a very similar currencies most of them have two currencies uh one of them has three so most of them just have gold that you earn by logging in every day playing matches and that gold you can spend on characters and boards but usually it's a pretty limited selection all the good stuff and this goes for all three of them is usually reserved for the gems that cost real money Mm -hmm. uh and all of them also offer a battle pass or as they call it in these games chess passes where you get your challenges like you would in Fortnite, and you try to accomplish them. And if you do, you rank up. But I've noticed that they don't really give you enough time or experience. And this is true for all of them to actually finish your your battle pass. Whereas like Fortnite, I would usually have that battle pass finished with a week left to go. Mm-hmm. And in this one, I don't think I'm going to be able to finish it. And I've been playing a ton of it. Yeah. Um... 
Okay, sorry, we were uh, talking in our Discord chat just on some technical aspects, and I got distracted for a moment. Um, I mean, so for the most part, I mean, are you feeling like they're fair? Um, yeah, oh, well, so the the good thing is is that none of them, it's all cosmetic, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not ever going to lose to someone who spent more money than you, mm-hmm. or at least lose to them because they spent more money than you. Uh, I think the prices are outrageous on, on Chess Rush. Okay. They have like i want their boards like i said are really nice looking and the lighting is great and there's some of them like ooh, that's that's really cool and i I want that and you either have to grind forever which i was able to grind out over you know 40 50 hours to get one board Mm -hmm. or money to buy it and to own it in a permanent fashion it's like 20 to 30 dollars and to me that's that's too much um like oh so and they do they have like they kind of get sneaky with it where you'll go into the store and they'll say oh just 75 gems for this board you want oh sweet and then you go in and you see that's only a seven day rental Mm. and so chess rust for sure has terrible microtransactions they're awful uh Mm. not yeah chess rush Uh, auto chess does a much better job um they still have some things that are uh kind of overpriced but there's also a lot of stuff you can get at a fairer price uh sometimes they'll have like packs where you get a character a board some emotes for like five bucks and i'm to me on a, on a free-to-play game i'll spend five dollars mm-hmm. and especially for one i like i got no problem with that but when we start talking twenty dollars for a for a digital item that holds no value i it's hard for me to pull the trigger on that yeah uh green you're about to say something what was uh i was just saying uh PUBG mobile they did a uh, stuff like that too where you, uh you'd get like a crate and you you it seemed like it was yours but then you actually look into equipment and it's like a seven day three day trial it's of awful. having that thing yeah so and the one other thing that and this is true of since we've been doing budget arcade of just about every free-to-play game I've ran into, with the exception of one, Fortnite. And I know a lot of people hate on Fortnite, but they really do, as far as just on a pure microtransaction level, they don't. They do it the best. Like, mm-hmm. I can't really criticize them for anything as far as their microtransactions go. The, the thing that drives me the most crazy about all of these games is that if you see a board, and let's say in Chess Rush or Auto Chess, they use donuts, and it costs... Uh, 100 donuts you'll say oh i want that board for 100 donuts and you go into the store and you can't buy 100 donuts you have to buy 150 Mm. you know what i mean and every game does this it's this sneaky tactic where you can't actually buy the amount of digital money that you want Mm -hmm. so you have to spend more than you and spend more than you need i i hate that so much and it's not just these games but it's like all of them yeah apex legends is a big uh big one for that too mm-hmm. the only way you can buy battle the battle pass is if you buy the apex gold coins and then it's an odd number that you have to buy like the ten dollar one to to get it and so directly buying the battle pass yeah and you have a surplus. no sense yeah and exactly you don't run into that in fortnite and no free-to-play game has ever been more successful in fortnite and i know it's not because of their uh, my, the way they handle their microtransactions, but 
they've shown that by that even with a fair microtransaction the way they deal with them in a fair way you can still be successful you don't have to be sleazy about it mm-hmm. yeah the the casino aspect of it the uh, having to overpay to play mm-hmm. aspect of it, it it's incredibly frustrating to to run into um it, uh, even more annoying to me than than having multiple uh, currencies because there's some games where it's like yeah. you said like there's some of them that have like there's like one that has three currencies I've seen some games have like four five I, I we have a lost episode on budget arcade we recorded and then the audio got lost and we had to re-record it and it was mm. awful uh, but on that episode we had a really long conversation about just that like I wished that again going back to Fortnite everybody just had one currency you know mm. uh, it makes things simple you don't get this sort of you know currency bloat and it yeah that, that's a big frustration for me as well mm-hmm. uh and going back to like just the rental thing real quick um that's been that was one of the things i wanted to talk about warface a while ago i played warface for a bit i think i still have it installed and i that's one of the things that i when I played Warface back when I first started getting into PC gaming, I was playing it on a laptop. Um, and I, I started playing it again a little bit to see if I, you know, want to talk about it on the show. Um, and that was a big thing that hit me was that rental. Um, it's like, oh yeah, you leveled up, but you only get this gun for seven days, you know, which is pretty skeezy. Yeah, and, it's like, and, why even give it to me? Yeah. Um, and I mean, when you see those kind of rental things, thankfully this was just a cosmetic in your case, but I mean, it's pretty, uh, you know, you, you see that and I'm like, okay, so this is a pay to win mess. Um, and no one can convince me otherwise. It's like when you actually have to buy weapons mm-hmm. to, to compete in a game. <laughs> well, and to me, I pay to win and maybe it's not just a win, but anytime it affects any aspect of the in game play. Yeah it's it's paying to win like you should never have to do that and again we've seen through every other successful free-to-play game that you don't have to do that people are willing to pay for cosmetics yeah uh so you don't have to be sleazy and pay to win you just don't apex legends is another example people will pay for cosmetics Mm mm-hmm they do it all the time. I mean, there's there's streamers like big, big name streamers that dropped five six hundred dollars just to get all the skins. Well, and then anytime you watch a, a new Fortnite season drops, if you pull mm-hmm. up any streamer, they've already spent the money to unlock everything in there, which is probably a grand or so. Yeah, um, yeah. people love it, and I, I gladly do it. I mean, and, and I have no problem supporting a free game. Yeah, if it's good and I enjoy playing it. Mm-hmm. but it's got to be reasonable yeah i think it's got to be honest too mm-hmm. it's got to be honest and upfront. yeah and like the whole gotcha thing that's another thing where it's like you know what i really enjoyed about dirty bomb was yeah sure i, I played 600 hours of that fucking game but by 300 hours i had every character unlocked and i had plenty of currency to unlock anything else that came out um but it's where the it, it's like wow i can't unlock a new character after like an you know after a certain amount of playtime. 
you know it, it kind of that and that's where like pokemon masters got me i'm like wow okay so i can unlock a new character like maybe once a week in this game um yeah. which feels just too much for a game like that uh, a game that is supposed to be quick and snappy uh the the progression for that just didn't feel right to me and you you know what we don't see enough of that i think is a good model is pay to remove ads um mm-hmm. there's a company called nitrome and they have several games that i played on my phone like turn-based roguelikes mm-hmm. and uh they are free to download and they play just fine but you occasionally have to watch an ad uh to to get to the next zone or whatever and that's mm-hmm. fine but i also can pay two bucks and never see another ad yeah and that to me is like perfect because i can try the game out oh i really like this and then support the dev by mm-hmm. forking over a couple bucks i'll spend five to ten dollars on a mobile game i'm not i know when people when mario run came out everybody freaked that it was ten dollars but i'm like if it's good and it's worth it yeah pay the ten dollars it's really not that much money just my thing is just like you were saying be upfront with your pricing make it fair make it reasonable and i will gladly support it but yeah um we kind of got off track here but is there anything else on uh, the auto chess that we want to talk about at all um i mean it's just so good like (laughs) just try one uh i would definitely i'd say if you're just jumping in try the chess rush it i think it's the most accessible it looks super clean. It, it's a gorgeous looking auto chess game. Um, and it's it's a lot of fun. Um, but if you really like it and want more depth, move over to auto chess. That's it. Cool. Um, Green. Yes. You are sort of the resident Apex player. I know I occasionally hop on with you, but uh, Apex is one of your go-to games. Why don't you uh, talk about the new update? <laughs> well, they just dropped the uh, Voidwalker season it's like a seasonal event mm-hmm. uh, i think it's going until the 21st if i remember correctly um and from what i've seen of it i haven't actually gotten a chance to play it mm-hmm. um, but there's a new game mode as well that came with it that they just released a, a solo play and they had that as a limited time thing mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me and uh I think the big thing, there was a lot of uh, issues that came with that, and the devs actually caught some fire uh, talking to their loyal fan base. I don't know if you've heard that during that time. Yeah, we did uh, actually talk about that a couple weeks ago yeah. with uh, Worldly, and I I mm-hmm. went off on a tirade on that, but we'll... Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll squeeze past that one then. <laughs> um, but I, I'm hoping that they've learned from from that experience mm-hmm. with going into this because they just finished solos um but the new mode is shotguns and snipers um and that's the only thing that drops in the game mm-hmm. um, the equipment is limited um and then they're bringing a lot of backstory and of course a lot more skins for the new characters or for the characters um wraith it, it's mainly Centrated around Wraith, uh, which is the female. She uh, makes portals and and goes invisible for a few seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really bringing a lot of lore to her. Uh, I know they were talking about where she came from. I actually posted a video of like a short video that they made, um, I think on Facebook, um, which was really put good put together. Like, it was six minutes long. Um, there's some like weird time travel thing. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. 
Um, but they changed up the map as well, which I thought was pretty interesting, uh, especially since they they just changed the map with the new season, um, where everything's like destroyed. Um, but it should be a pretty interesting gameplay, uh, especially mm-hmm. with the snipers and shotguns, because it's a you know close quarter combat versus long distance combat. Mm-hmm. So it, it really just goes to see how how it fares. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the map change, because they haven't really changed map locations or no. anything like that. What all do they do? Do you know? They added a new location that I believe actually goes underground. Okay. Um, it's like a bunker, like a laboratory bunker mm-hmm. um, where Wraith was actually experimented on. Okay. Um, so I'm excited to next time I boot up, which I'll probably do tonight, is take a nice little dip in there and see what that's all about. Nice. Yeah. Um, just real quick, because I didn't have a chance to play it. Um, how was the solo mode? Did you have much fun with I it? I played several matches of it. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I would rather do the solo mode than to random queue with, uh, you know, two other people. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Did they increase just, the player count for the solo mode, or is it still 66? Uh, it, was, it was still the same. Yeah, it's just solos. Um, so like you, you could have like a full 60 people with that are all playing Wraith. Mm-hmm. It, it was intense. It, um, but with that, then they introduced a whole bunch of new skins for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, Bloodhound got a heirloom item that people were dropping a boatload of money to get. Uh, I was just playing with my friend the other day. And he said he dropped three hundred dollars into getting the skins, three hundred dollars cash, Jeez. just to get that axe. I think I was in your, uh, I think I was in your chat when that happened, and I was uh, making yeah. whale noises, oh, yeah, was, <laughs> like, making fun oh, of him. Damn! Like, come on now. I would be murdered yeah, if I he... did that, and my wife found out that I spent three hundred dollars. Well, he's been talking about building a PC. He's been asking me about PC parts. And then he's like, I don't have any money. Well, you dropped it into yeah. Apex Legends buying... I think some... I know why. <laughs> or smartwatches that are designer. Yeah. A whole bunch of stuff. So, I'm, but I'm pretty interested to see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, you think these are, for the most part, good directions that Apex is going in? Oh, I like that they're bringing more lore into it, mm. especially for a free, you know, free to play game. Yeah. Um, a lot of free to play games don't have like a lore backstory. Like, I mean, they touch on it, mm-hmm. but they don't really bring a whole bunch to it. Whereas Apex, when Apex dropped, so did their wiki page. Mm-hmm. They, they dropped like all the backstories for the, the legends that they had out now, um, except for Wraiths was extremely mysterious. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, it'll be not. It's. I think they were looking forward to doing this. Mm. I just don't know how soon they were planning on it, especially since they like just dropped it on everyone that they were starting this new event so quickly after solos. Yeah. Um, which I honestly think was a, a a way to get back into the groove after the whole dev mishap. Yeah. So. Um. Do you think they're gonna bring solo back at all? I sure hope so. Okay. Um, they were doing a lot of uh, in-game 
player reviews like how did you like your match yes or no Mm -hmm. and uh uh from what i've read on like reddit and online a lot of people are just marking yes anytime they got that to -hmm. keep it and a lot of people are sour that they only kept it as a limited time thing i want to see it yeah um anything else in apex legends at all uh not that i have yet jeff i'll probably have more no cool um so i wanted to move on to this this will probably be our last topic here but uh one that's interesting in the very least um it is i'm gonna actually drop a link to the article here uh it, it is the conversation around the peggy um board rating for nba 2k20 um which we can uh kind of start by by talking about the nba um my team uh trailer so in the trailer of uh the uh, for the new nba 20 um nba 2k20 sorry um they they show the essentially the ui and all the animations and stuff like that for the new nba um game in the in the team crafting side of it all um you know they have it all where it looks like you're you know you're collecting baseball cards or uh, not baseball basketball cards and stuff um with different characters and stuff but you see very quickly um that there is a very casino like look to a lot of it there are wheel you know gambling wheels uh, you can call them roulette wheels there's uh right now we're looking at um what the hell am i thinking of people are probably gonna make fun of me because i can't i it's escaping me right now um but yeah there's uh, slot machines i mean it's just gambling every you know uh gambling machines everywhere in this uh trailer um and Peggy isn't um, Peggy, which is the uh, rating board for the uh, EU, um, isn't putting this any higher than it puts any other NBA game. Um, I believe right now they're just putting it like uh, Peggy 12, I think. They're not putting it at uh, like Peggy 16 or 18. Um, and of course the ESRB isn't, um, making this any more than a rated E game. Um, they're not putting this up to rated teen or anything like that. Um, so I was just kind of curious, uh, first off, what are you guys' reactions to this? And then I can go through this article and, uh, read some, um, read some quotes from this article that I would like to get your reactions to but were you just like initial reactions to the trailer itself and uh the fact that they're not rating it higher uh than uh basically a general audience's rating um for me i think they're rating it um correctly the issue isn't how they're rating it the issue is the inconsistencies mm-hmm. uh, where they have used a similar rule specifically on mario 64 for the ds has some of the mini mini games happen in a casino like environment and therefore it got a higher rating. And so their ratings just aren't consistent across the board. So to me, 
uh, an article goes into simulated and actual gambling, and this mm. is just simulated gambling. You you know uh, you're not gambling actual money and receiving actual money back. Mm-hmm. So I think the rating is fair. I just don't think it's uh, consistent with how they've done in the past. And that that's my initial reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Green, how are you feeling? What do you think? I'm pretty, I'm pretty much in the same boat, uh, especially since you're not actually putting any cash into it. Mm-hmm. Um, where, uh, I mean... Well, you are putting cash into it. You're not receiving cash out. Uh, okay. Got mm-hmm. you. Okay. So... With that being said, I'm not very kosher with it then. Okay. Especially if it's towards gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, if it has anything to do with gameplay effectiveness, um, just like Battlefront 2 was, where you had to get the loot boxes for characters, when I'm not kosher with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just simply for the fact is it should not, uh, no game should be paid to win. If it's cosmetics, cool. Mm-hmm. I, I'm cool with paying money for cosmetics. It doesn't uh, get kosher with me if I have to pay a whole bunch of money to get LeBron James in a in a two K twenty game. I, mm-hmm. I just don't see it. So I I'm wearing a Seattle Sonics hat. Uh, I'm a NBA fan, and I used to be a big fan of the NBA two uh, K series, but I've jumped out of it because the micro transactions have gotten so invasive in the actual gameplay. Uh, and, you know, I'm fine with it if it sits in like those, um, what do you call them? Your my teams and ultimate teams. If it's an mm-hmm. EA game, I'm fine if it's just set aside for that micro transaction mode because I don't play that. Uh, but they've all, and I know I'm getting a little off topic, but those those have sort of creeped their way into the rest of the game. So I don't like the micro transactions in the game but as far as the peggy board's rating of it i'm perfectly fine with gotcha um just like real quick my opinion on it i i find it kind of funny that um you know the article goes on to mention uh the nintendo um couple of Nintendo games, most notably Mario 64 on the DS had uh, a casino zone. Um, we've mentioned it before on the podcast where like Pokemon games after the third generation don't have game, uh, don't have game rooms anymore. Um, the, the, any of the uh, simulated gambling mini games are um, out of the, uh, are out of the games uh, so that they don't get dinged and rated higher for, from Peggy or the ESRB. Um, but those games are entirely, they are, I mean, they are simulated gambling. You know, it's in-game cash in, in-game cash out. You can take that in-game cash and go to um, an in-game store and buy in-game items. You know, there's no actual money out of my credit card or out of my wallet for it. Um, it is all in-game resources. Um, and then a game that is resources in, which I will fully admit that this is really just, you know, a flashy way for them to roll dice. Um, mm-hmm. That even though it uses the same imagery and the same, you know, the same imagery and the same, um, you know, animations and stuff like that, that any, you know, that the Pokemon game corner used it's not right you know they're not getting a a higher rating for that 
Um, so yeah, let me read some quotes here from the article. Uh, this is the Polygon article on the matter. It was by uh, ONS Good because who else writes for po- uh, Polygon except for ONS Good? Uh, <laughs> not many people. Uh, let's see. Not at all. Yes. Um, so right from, let's see, let me find it. So, uh, Peggy says that it's gambling content descriptor doesn't apply to the, it doesn't apply because the mini games involved in NBA 2K's my team mode, whose promotional trailer on Monday was a chalk, a chalk, a block full that's a weird sentence uh, of spin wheels and slot machines don't actually quote encourage and or teach the use of gambling of chance that are played slash carried out as a traditional means of gambling. Um, so I want to focus on that. The don't actually quote encourage and or teach the use of games of chance that are played slash carried out as a traditional means of gambling. Um, do you guys feel that is an accurate uh, statement there? Do the do these games not do these games do or do not teach someone how to gamble? Uh, a slot machine's a slot machine. Well, uh, boy, <laughs> so I can only draw from my history, mm-hmm. and I don't know how people get addicted to gambling. Uh, but the lottery is gambling, yeah. right? You're putting money in hopes to get more back. My mom for Christmas in our stockings, we always had scratch off mm-hmm. and I scratched them off. And if I want something great, if I didn't fine, but that never taught me to gamble, you know, and, uh, I, in my teen to early adult years, video poker or not video poker, but like pokerstars.net and mm-hmm. full tilt poker, all these poker sites popped up and I played a ton of sim fake money poker mm-hmm. and there's there is a huge difference between free and when you take that first step into punching in your credit card information and actually gambling money and mm-hmm. knowing what that feels like that would get you addicted it's kind of like uh drinking sh- uh you know Michelob sharp would never get you to be an alcoholic uh but if you drank enough regular Michelob and you and you drank for the wrong reasons, you would be an alcoholic. And I, I guess the same would be said for uh, gambling. So I don't think a, a simulated gambling would get anyone to really gamble uh, as an addiction. But I, mm-hmm. once, you know, if you have an addictive personality and you set foot into actual gambling and the, uh, you know, the rush that your brain gets or the endorphins that release when you win real money, uh, it, it's like, you know, the most gambling I've done is I played, uh, texas hold them you know with my friends at a table and you always put that five bucks in so everybody takes it seriously five bucks isn't a lot of money but it changes how you play the game yeah because now Mm -hmm. you care and as long as you're not putting actual money in to me it's not gambling even simulated gambling and it won't teach you to gamble because your body and your internal you know brain chemistry isn't reacting in the same way that it would as soon as you put money in okay so does that answer uh, your question <laughs> yeah I, I get i get what you're saying there but um i guess my, my whole question is is um 
you know, with this, I mean, you are putting some money into it. Do you think that that matters as opposed to just like winning some tokens in the game? It's like, oh, yeah, you completed five games, uh, five online games. Here's like these tokens for completing this daily, you know, this daily mm-hmm. thing, um, you know, and then you use those tokens to go through this like whole slot machine rigmarole. Um, as but opposed to hey, real money to buy your own tokens. But yeah, then like, hey, for five tokens, you got to pay five dollars. I could see that being addictive. Um, but so and <laughs> I'm on record on the budget arcade. I did an episode all about loot boxes and about it not being gambling. Yet when you put real money in. And you get that visceral reaction of if it's um sorry, bump my mic. If it's that no, it's all good. bump uh like an Overwatch. If I put my money in and I get those gold uh legendary skins, oh that's great, you know. And uh where if I don't, which is more often the case, I feel stupid for having spent my money. Uh because now I have nothing to show for it. So I suppose that that sort of thing, when you put the real money in, may um a psychologist would probably need to answer this question but may get you there Mm -hmm. uh if you have an addictive personality at the same time it's not gambling because you're not receiving something of a cash value back Mm -hmm. but i think someone who may be predisposed to uh, a gambling addiction uh may find themselves um addicted to that in the same way yeah my my whole thing with the argument about it um about the monetary cash value out um i always point to csgo as this well mm-hmm. you know valve facilitated a means to get cash out essentially right with, with the csgo lottos um mm-hmm. there is a way to to effectively get the money out and the only saving grace that a lot of these game companies have is the fact that they don't facilitate cash out um, right. I think, and I think even if, um, I think if there was a way for a third party to do some sort of cash out, like if you could trade between different players, um, if there was some, some way to, for them to do that, a lot of these companies would not, uh, would not get away with it. Um, I agree. And, and I, uh, I, Ryan, who's in the chat just said valve still facilitates this through their own first party item market. So that's a, um, you know, with the weapon skins in CSGO, and you can buy those on the marketplace. And, yeah, there is a cash out to that. Um, and I think that's a very clear and defined line. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a thin uh, blurring. Uh, it's not a shade of gray, I should say. It's very black and white mm-hmm. when you get cash back for something. So I think it's something that can be easily uh, regulated mm-hmm. and pointed at and saying, this is where we overstep the bounds here when... Uh, you're able to receive cash if i could sell my legendary overwatch skins for money then it would definitely be overstepping the bounds mm-hmm. um and that's something that the article does point out but i also want to point something else out here or uh, get uh move on to another quote here um the reply from peggy to the writer uh at uh, eurogamer um they're uh oh and that's good as sourcing a lot of stuff from eurogamer here um goes into great detail the acknowledge and acknowledges that the agency had seen, quote, seen the announcement trailer for NBA 2K20 and noticed the controversy it caused. However, the board's representative noted that, quote, the controversial image imagery played a central role in the, tra- in the trailer, 
but it may not necessarily do so in the game, which has not yet been released. And I guess I had a whole... <laughs> when I read that, yeah. I, I was when I read that I scratched my head because, like, Peggy is supposed to be the rating board, just like the ESRB. Do they not get their hands on the game before That's hedging, release? Is what they're doing. Yeah, they're hedging because I think they know mm-hmm. that they are being inconsistent, and that to me just sounds like an excuse, like a, a political co- corporate excuse uh for what they've done as a way to cover their tracks yeah personally how are you feeling on that on that uh quote green i really honestly think that they're trying to cover too like mm. i mean you can say you know loot boxes or gambling or uh, you know this is only just a small portion of the game um but then when you actually get in the game you need to find out how much stuff you actually have to catch up on and, and put into this actual microtransaction area. Mm-hmm. It, it's really just a scapegoat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they say, oh, it's not that bad. It's just an option. But when the only way to get what you want is either grind super hard for 40 hours or go through this microtransaction system, Mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have 60 hours to sink into it and they know what they're doing they know what they're doing yeah it's it's very sus um and then i kind of want to get one more quote here uh, <laughs> i'm actually just gonna kind of read this whole paragraph uh like I said, guys, go check out the uh, original article. I'll share that in the description of the episode. I shared it in the Twitch chat. Um, so qu- this is from the uh, article. Peggy is correct that it isn't gambling per se in that nothing is really wagered in the slot machine. Wheel of Fortune and Pachinko mi- uh, games and whatever is one has value only as game content. These are basically drawn out reveals of a uh, dice roll reward. The wheel slot machine, uh, the wheel and slot spins and ball drops are earned through gameplay and can't be bought. So nothing is really wagered. Peggy's only relevant content descriptor is gambling, and games with it are rated Peggy 12 or higher. So I mean, are you guys, you know, this is kind of where we just. To me, this is where. Do we say this is simulated gambling or not? This is what is essentially happening here. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, bare bones, is it simulated gambling? Mm-hmm. If you're taking free money at the simplest pr- point, you're getting free money, free fake money, and you're putting it in a fake machine and you're pulling it and you're receiving fake winnings, that's fake gambling so yes that's simulated gambling Mm -hmm. so i think the description is correct Mm -hmm. all i want and fortunately we have the esrb as opposed to peggy and they seem to be more consistent on this is consistency with their language Mm -hmm. and i think as i pointed out before that this is something that can be treated black and white there's not a lot of gray area when it comes to gambling and what is simulated gambling Mm -hmm. so if if simulated gambling automatically now i'll just speak in terms of the esrb takes an e-game to an e10 plus fine you know um but just be consistent with it Mm -hmm. green i i'm definitely for saying that it's simulated gambling 
Mm-hmm. Um, especially when like if it has an actual like slot machine, I think the biggest issue why it's why I'm not okay with it, and why I call it simulated gambling is it's really desensitizing like slot machines and stuff like that for the younger group that plays this. Like I didn't know what a casino looked like until I turned 18 and I went to Minnesota. I didn't know. I, I had no idea what I was to, mm. but now you release stuff like this and you got these young kids who are playing a rated E game and they're like, yeah, I know, I know how to play a slot machine. Do you know how to play a slot machine? Yeah. I can win all the time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's it's simulated gambling. I mean, there's no way around it. it. I mean, is it okay that Peggy rated it that way? I can't say for sure. I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, we that, could go off on a tangent with this. Yeah, we I could. Mean, yeah. Because when you move the 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 phrasing from simulated gambling to simulated violence and the mm-hmm. conversations that have been going on around mm-hmm. that, every gamer in the world stands up and says no. I've shot people in GTA and I've never shot someone in real life. It's definitely not the case. And mm-hmm. I think that remains true for gambling. Uh, you know, I've, I've gambled on video games and it's never made me wonder how oh, I got to drive to the casino and do this for real, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, I think as gaming community, we should also be consistent with mm-hmm. how we talk about, uh, you know, gambling's not as serious as, um, you know people comparing making saying that games cause spree shootings it's mm-hmm. obviously not that serious but we still need to be consistent in our language mm-hmm. uh, of what we say games do and how they affect us as gamers because we know more than the government does because most of those people are let's face it they're older and they've never touched a game yeah and yet they want to have a say in what we do uh so yeah, and well, and even like the younger senators, most notably Howley of Missouri, who we see quite often in the gaming space right now because of all of the things he proposes, um, which he proposed an anti-loot box bill, uh, but then he also goes and starts, you know, talking about um, violence in video games and stuff like that. Um, you know, I don't think he really is much of a gamer, even though he's younger, you know. And now, uh, so there's a, and I talked about this before on Budget Arcade, uh, where there's a guy in Hawaii, I think he's the governor or senator of Hawaii, and he was doing a video about how he hated pay-to-win and loot boxes and work with me. And then he started making these geek references almost as a way to get cred, Mm -hmm. and it made him less credible. Yeah. So, like, we've been recording for over an hour, and none of us have made a movie reference or a game reference, right? And I think all of us, we're doing a podcast about video games. We're at least video game geeks right mm-hmm. um and we never referenced anything in that way and yet this senator is making terminator references he's like all right guys come with me if you want to live we're gonna take this and then he tells everybody about this indie game he's playing mm-hmm. and it just comes off so disingenuous and i'm like you don't somebody wrote that for you one of your kids told you about some game yeah uh, so i that's the thing that scares me most when the government wants to start getting its fingers involved mm-hmm. in, in our hobby is that they don't play it they don't know why we love it and they don't know uh, what it actually, how it affects us as gamers. Yeah. Just real quick, quick goofy tangent. I'm just imagining that Senator at a, at a conference and he's like, we're going to tell the Republicans 
that all their base are belong to us. <laughs> he would do that. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. just got his he's just got his uh, teleprompter here. And he's just and as soon as he'd get off the stage, <laughs> I would ask him what game it's from. And then if he answered me correctly, I would wipe my hands off and say I stand corrected. But he wouldn't be able to do it. I don't even know if I'd be able to tell you. All I know is it's a, a arrow. It a, it's a Sega Genesis game. Yeah, it was but. a very poorly. Um, it was a very very poorly translated Sega game. And the only reason excellent soundtrack though. Yeah. Go go find the game soundtrack. Oh, it's good. It was a it was a cheat code in the original um, Age of Empires. That if you put that in the text chat, it would give you like a bunch of shit. <laughs> um, so I mean, kind of like some final thoughts here. What are you guys leaning on this? I mean, any real like other reactions that we, you know, or other thoughts that we haven't uh, vocalized yet? I should say. No, not for me. I I am glad that. Uh... One thing I read in the article is that the ESRB, at least, we need to worry a little more about um, Congress and the Senate about what they consider in-game gambling. Mm-hmm. But the ESRB has taken a, 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 a good stance, I think, in the way they rate uh, their games based around loot boxes and gambling. So mm-hmm. that would be my final thought on it. Green? Uh, I'm just sticking to the consistency. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As long as they can stay consistent with each game that they're rating um because let's i mean you don't they rate it for a reason uh just like you for gta 5 you know it's rated m you don't give that to a a nine-year-old kid you know they can't go to the store and buy it so like you know i mean i'm not saying a a kid should or shouldn't have that game because that's really up to the parent Mm-hmm. Um, however, I mean, it's just you got to stay consistent with it. You got to find a basis, mm-hmm. and that's the tough part. Yeah, and you a lot of things decisions. I hear, yeah, people say who aren't parents <laughs> is they'll say, "Well, the parents should be doing their job." And as a parent, I agree. Uh, they should be the ones that regulate what their kids get a hold of. Um, and the ESRB definitely helps, um, but I don't want the government to regulate. Yeah, what. Like if I if I let my my son's not allowed to play GTA, but if I want him to be able to play it, he can ask me. I can go buy it for him. I'll go. I'm not going to go off into the tangent. We're mm. good. Well, and I just wanted because we've talked about it before. Uh, when it comes to the, uh, well, parents should be doing their jobs. Right. It's very difficult, especially like if it's like on a phone, to know exactly yes. everything your kid is looking at on that phone at the you know. They people act like parents should be hovering over their children at all yes. times, and that to me that is utterly ridiculous. You know, it's a device that I threw my phone on the ground to not pay attention. You know, it's a device that's this big. If you're across the room, you can't see if a kid accidentally. And a lot of times, it's an accidental click. They don't realize what they're actually doing, and they get sneaky young. My yeah. son is nine, and I he has a Kindle, and when I put him to bed, I turn off the apps so he can mm-hmm. listen to audiobooks mm-hmm. while he goes to sleep but nothing else. And I walk in there, he's watching YouTube videos and he figured out how to do it through the browser. <laughs> so I, yes, the parents do need to be watchful, but it's also unreasonable for them to be hovering hundred percent of the time. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I will say, I don't know if my mom still listens to the show, but when she took away my game boy because of my grades, 
I knew exactly where I was headed. No, I didn't take it, but I knew exactly where I was at. Also, the reason I didn't take it was because somebody got me two crappy little like game machines that had like a bunch of versions of Tetris on it and tanks and snake. I just kept that under my mattress and you guys never knew. <laughs> my, my dad used to take the, not the whole Xbox. He used to take just the power cord and Ooh. my friend had an Xbox and he, he broke it. Mm-hmm. So his parents got him a new one. So I kept the, I asked him for the power cord. He brought it to school put it in my backpack and I, I hid it under my, my mattress. So when my dad would come and take my power cord, I'd just plug it right back in like 30 minutes later. It was none the wiser. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum once said, life finds a way. Exactly. exactly. Games. And kids will always find a way too. And I'm dreading it. I know he's going to get something past me. And, uh, so. <laughs> oh, just wait until uh, he starts growing hair where there wasn't before. And then uh, keep up on the other stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right now, all I have to worry about is video games. Yeah. I have to put parental yeah. locks on there for other things just yet. Cool. So many, so many computer viruses too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the amount of times I got in trouble for viewing adult content, uh, <laughs> I got. Cause I, I had got, the iPad Classic, the 80, 80 gig iPad Classic that uh, can play video videos. So you guys are younger. Yeah, than me. I'm. So uh, I'm I dial up, <laughs> and you had to wait. You click one picture. Mm-hmm. You play me May twenty eighteen, or not twenty eighteen, but. Uh, 1998 you click it and then you'd just be waiting <laughs> and just as soon as it finished loading the front door would open and dad would be home <laughs> yeah. yeah we cool. had dial up for a long time too uh, we never got deal, uh, what's it DSL DSL yeah we never got that because we lived outside of town so mm-hmm. the only thing you could get was dial up so I tried playing RuneScape on dial-up. <laughs> Worst experience you can ever have. So, Man. Yeah, it, it was a struggle. Dial-up was rough. Let's cool. wait you go to your grandparents' house where they have high-speed internet. At the time, oh, high-speed. Really? High-speed. Uh-huh. Mine would have been the other way around. They wouldn't even have dial-up. No, the, she was the hip grandma. Okay. <laughs> uh, Grandpa and Grandma had all the fancy stuff for all the the grandkids. So was it like one megabit down back in the day? Uh, <laughs> cable, that, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, it was. Oh, yeah. No, if it was high speed, yeah, probably. Yeah, it was like uh, like mm, 2000, 2002 to two thousand four. It was like commercially, it was like one or two megabits down. Mm-hmm. Like for the highest speed, and you're paying like two hundred dollars for yeah. it. Yeah. Now you laugh at two hundred bags. Right. Um, is there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about here today? No, I have okay. nothing. Cool. Well, how about we go on ahead and end this thing? Um, we're gonna start with Jeff. Go on ahead and tell the people who might have joined us halfway through here. Uh what all you do and where people can find you. Yeah, I'm just going to limit it to the two active podcasts that are going on right now. Uh, I'm on Budget Arcade. You've heard me mention a bunch of times. comes out every Tuesday. It's on all podcast platforms that I know of. 
Um, so just search Budget Arcade, you'll find us. Uh, I also started a new podcast, the second episode of which just came out yesterday, where I cover, uh, uh, what do you call them? Spiritual successors and new games that kind of have that old game aesthetic, uh, like Shovel Knight, Stardew Valley, Union Football League. Uh, and that show is a little more insane. Uh, it's kind of just my sense of humor and uh, really stupid. So maybe try that one once. And if you don't continue listening, <laughs> I understand. Cool. Uh, how about like uh, Twitter or anything like that oh, for people yeah. keeping uh, I'm on Twitter at jqueasy, J-Q-U-E-A-S-Y. I'm pretty much everywhere at jqueasy other than Facebook. I don't use it. Um, and I guess that's about it. Uh, you can follow my podcast at Neo Retro VG Disco on Twitter uh, and then Budget Arcades at Budget Arcade on Twitter as well. Awesome. Uh, Green Elite, what's coming up with uh, your uh, channel and where can people find you? Uh, well, I'm generously waiting for October 1st for the new Shadowkeep Destiny 2 release. Um, currently working on my PC, uh, so I've been playing a lot of Apex on PC and PS4. Mm -hmm. uh, but for the most part, I just variety stream as much as possible. Uh, you can find me. Everything is Mr. Green Elite. Everything except for Instagram. <laughs> Instagram is TTV Mr. Green Elite because a real estate guy who works for an elite properties took my name. <laughs> he took it. <laughs> Thief in the night. <laughs> okay. I'm not um, happy. This is where you send the army of your listeners after. Oh, I'm gonna. I, I've I've right. thought about messaging him and and saying, "Hey, I'll I'll slide you a crisp five dollar bill if you just <laughs> pick a different name, so I can just put at Mr. Green Elite instead of at Mr. Uh, TTV Mr. Green Elite. Mm. The crispest of five dollars. The crispest of five dollars. Uh, coming mm. up on my channel. Um, I got invited to do uh, a Minecraft server with uh, Normal. Um, so I might be playing some normal, uh, some Minecraft with normal. Um, we'll probably be doing that uh, here this week. I might pick up some more Insurgency Sandstorm. Um, otherwise, uh, not much really going on with the channel. Um, we do have uh, the podcast uh, on Spotify. Um, so we let me just kind of go on ahead and plug in here. Um, if you guys uh, are on Spotify, go on ahead and listen to us on Spotify as uh, well. You can uh, follow, and I think you can give some ratings as well. We're also on Apple Podcasts. Um, we would greatly appreciate uh, rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps the show grow. Also, feel free to tell about uh, tell the show, tell your friends about the show. I will eventually get through one of these. I might need to get a script. Um, tell your friends Doesn't about help. the show. Um, uh, we're also on Swoot, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else podcasts are found. You can connect with us on Twitter at NTN Pod. Um, and guys, until next week, we will see you later. Hey guys, before I let you go, I wanted to tell you about a podcast I've been listening to. Go check out Games My Mom Found. It's a podcast about retro gaming, and it is absolutely hilarious. Link will be in the description of the episode.